In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. There was a judge in a certain town, he said, who had neither fear of God nor respect for man. In the same town there was a widow who kept on coming to him and saying, I want justice from you against my enemy. For a long time he refused. But at last he said to himself, Maybe I have neither fear of God nor respect for man, but since she keeps pestering me, I must give this widow, widow her just rights, or she will persist in coming and worry me to death. And the Lord said, You notice what the unjust judge has to say. Now, will not God see justice done to his chosen, who cry to him day and night even when he delays to help them? I promise you, he will see justice done to them and done speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord It does seem as if St. Luke is moving us from a theme which calls for preparation for the end times to one of prayer. But the end times theme continues to undergird, undergird today's passage and parable. Prayer is not just something we should be doing every day because it is an expression of our relationship of faith and trust with God. But prayer has a profoundly eschatological dimension. Was it it in the Our Father where our Lord teaches us to pray for the coming of God's kingdom? Prayer is suited to and ultimately directed at the end times. In view of the approaching judgment associated with the kingdom's coming, our Lord speaks about the necessity of prayer, and not just saying prayers, but to pray continually and never lose heart. If the parable is an allegory, then who do the figures in the parable represent? No issue with seeing the petitioner, the poor, defenseless widow, as representing all of us. It becomes more difficult to make an association between the dubious judge and God. Such an association would be both scandalous and impossible, which means that this parable cannot be a simple allegory. The judge is described as a person who had neither fear of God nor respect for man. Many readers would immediately conclude that this description paints him as unsavory and unscrupulous. Now, from the perspective of wanting to see an unbiased judge on the bench, this personal trait is not objectively bad. You see, he seems neither swayed by his own conscience or personal beliefs, nor is he affected by public opinion. Isn't that what we want to see in a judge? But our Lord would later describe this judge as unjust. And the judge isn't the main focus of the story. He is no allegorical figure being used to represent God. His demeanor only presents an obstacle to all petitioners. He is the wall that must be breached, and the one who did it was the widow. 
The judge resisted this woman's demands for a long time, but finally gave justice to this woman, not because he believed that she had made a case, but because he wanted to be rid of this nuisance. He's motivated by self-interest and not by a sense of justice. What warned the woman a favorable judgment was no articulate argument, but just simple persistence. She kept on coming to him and saying, I want justice from you against my enemy. So what's the point of this story? If even a dishonest and unjust judge grants justice to a widow who repeatedly demands justice, how much more will God secure the rights of those whom the widow represents? his elect and chosen ones. These will ultimately be vindicated at the last judgment when Christ returns in glory, even in the present situation looks hopeless and unjust. So let us never cease to cry to him in prayer, night and day, even when he sometimes seems to delay in answering our prayers. But we are assured that we will see justice done, and done speedily. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.